Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Another Film Podcast. My name is Tierney. My name is Colin. And my name is Matthew. <laughs> so formal. Uh, and this Still such a jackass. <laughs> uh, and this week we are talking about Doctor Strangelove, um, the Stanley Kubrick film, and we have excuse a special... me, excuse me, what are we talking Doctor about? Doctor Strangelove: Colon or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Is that yeah? Okay. Um, and this week we have a special guest. Uh, so this guest is was an inaugural an attendee for the inaugural One F Film Festival many years ago. Um, she also was once Doctor Strange for Holly- Halloween, and it was <laughs> what remains one of the best costumes I've ever seen. Doctor she Strange was Doctor love. Strange Love. Oh, she <laughs> <laughs> just said Doctor Strange. <laughs> Although it would be like a really weird flex if we were just like, we're going to talk about this one movie, but <laughs> this other Strange time she love. was a slightly related, but not really related character. Yeah, only by name. <laughs> it's really been confusing me too, because that just came out. Um, anyway... Um, I'm interested, introducing Becca S- Oh, I just Hi. gave you a full name. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> we can we can <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> just bleep it. <laughs> I think it's better if we bleep, bleep it. it. Whoever's editing okay. this episode, just bleep it. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. my name's Becca S- <laughs> You can bleep that one, too. We're going to be like, what's going on? Is her last name a swear? Oh, my God. I like. I didn't I'll know swear. if anybody else caught that. I was like, I'll just let it go. <laughs> just <laughs> give oh, your no. address. <laughs> <laughs> no, Matt and I were not going to let that slide. That needed to be addressed for sure. <laughs> Good costume inspo for next year for sure, though. Especially how with how relevant it is this year. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you could you could go as Doctor Strange, but then just put like a bunch of like hearts all over the Doctor Strange costume and you could just say that you're Doctor Strange Oh, love. that's very good. I like that. Yeah. That's a good And then everybody's up. just like, mm, you could have done better. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can blame it on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, Colin could have done better, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree, but here we are. <laughs> and, oh, goodness. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, this is part of our Kubrick run. Um and do we want to start off, uh, sorry about the dog, uh, do we want to start off talking about how we, our experience with the movie? Yeah, and I think we should start with you, because one of the first things I, I knew about you was how much you loved this movie, so I feel like hmm. you got to... one of the first things you knew about I me? mean, not, like, actually, but, like, in once I got to, like, once oh, I started okay. getting to know you outside of, like, oh, yeah, she's this person that I work with, like, like... Uh, I don't know how it came up, but, like, this movie came up relatively early in our friendship, and I quickly learned how much you love this movie, so. Um, I'll definitely get to that, but as just a side note for our listener, uh, the first words I ever spoke to Colin were at a party where I turned to him and said, is it just me, or is it really fucking hot in here? (laughs) To be clear, it was really fucking hot in there, and I... I'd been there a little bit longer than she had, and I'd been thinking it for a while, but I just wasn't saying anything. So I was very happy when she rolled in and was like, yo. I'm dying. I was like, oh, this girl's my people, because I I am also dying. (laughs) Um, The foundation of a lot of friendships, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, I can't actually remember the first time I saw this movie, if I'm honest. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't... It was probably at my house, and it was probably on a DVD I rented from the library, and I probably watched it on my computer, but I don't remember. Um, I've seen it many times. It's still very funny to me. Um, and it is my favorite Kubrick movie, and... I thought maybe I was like, well, you know, I'll give it another try and see if something else usurps it, but not so far. Is it your favorite Peter Sellers movie? Probably. Oh, Pink Panther is also wow. really good, though. Interesting. But I mean, he plays three different characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, Which I actually read about, and we can get into that later. He's supposed so. to play four. <laughs> mm-hmm. You, yeah, you know all. Oh yeah, I've seen <laughs> behind the scenes stuff. About I, this I movie. like how Matt was like, "I read about this," aka I did some light Wikipediaing, and Tierney's <laughs> like, "No, that. no, no, let me let me just set the record straight here." <laughs> Quattro characters. Um, <laughs> Matt, what what's your relationship to Doctor Strange, love or Doctor <laughs> Strange? <laughs> <laughs> the multiverse of sadness is what this movie. Is. it's such a bummer ending Uh, but uh, what I will say is I'm pretty sure the first time I watched Doctor Strange Love was at our apartment with Tyranny oh I do remember this Uh, yeah because I and I I mean I don't remember how we initially came to decide to watch it but I hadn't seen it before that and obviously I knew quotes and I knew generally what like the images were like uh, Slim Pickens riding that warhead, and you can't fight in here in the war room. Like I knew those things, uh, but I didn't. I didn't know all of that there was to it until I watched it with you. And I really loved it the first time. I think I loved it even more the second time. Um, I I don't know if it's my favorite Kubrick, but it's certainly among the top two. Maybe I think I like it more than I like. Clockwork Orange, mostly because the content of A Clockwork Orange is so heavy, <laughs> uh, and uh, I think I like it more than The Shining, which I respect as a, as the like the craft of it more than I actually like the movie itself and like the performances. But I genuinely think that this movie is like very funny and ages, unfortunately, super well. <laughs> um, and there's like so much to talk about and so much to see that's like working uh, from moment to moment. So. That's my experience with the movie. I'm excited to chat about it. Becca, do you want to go next? Um, sure. So I I feel like Tierney and I, we don't really, I don't know if we've really talked about it that much about the movie, which I'm so surprised by. I don't um, think we have, no. I know, I, which I was like, oh, I forgot you knew that I dressed up as Dr. Strange Love <laughs> I did just think <laughs> while Matt was talking that I think completely different Kubrick movie, but I think at least the first time I saw The Shining, I think, was with you at a was New it? Year's Eve party. Oh, my God. Wait, wh- are you sure? It was the first time I saw it. It was, like, seventh okay. grade. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Totally tangent. We'll oh, talk wait, about this when oh, we do. Wait. It was I at Natalie's right. house. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, should we say her last name? Yeah. Should we say yeah? <laughs> No, I know which one you're talking right about. <laughs> We're getting um, into personal details. I must have repressed that memory because I didn't remember <laughs> seeing that. I actually, I actually watched this movie twice for two different classes in college, and that was like my first exposure. 
um, was like, I think the very first class I saw it in was like a, a Cooper or a, it was a Stephen Colbert and American satire class I took. Oh. And this was like one of the pieces we studied. Um, and this was like, that was like the first time I ever saw it. And then I also took a Kubrick class later in college where we also watched this movie. So I've like studied it a lot and <clears throat> now can't remember anything that I learned academically about it. Now I can just like <laughs> enjoy it <laughs> like um, a normal, like a casual viewer. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's, I guess I would say it's probably my first, my favorite um, Kubrick movie too maybe closely followed by um, like Barry Lyndon or The Killing, maybe. Ooh, or maybe Lolita. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> I think it's my favorite. It is my favorite. <laughs> All of them. But yeah. Very um, nice. Yeah. But I also am a big Sellers fan, which I think is probably why Tierney and I ended up talking about it. <laughs> yeah, feels right. <laughs> but it is fun that you haven't really talked about it that much together, so that right. you like inadvertently saved it all for the pod. So. You know, yeah, I saw this coming. You, guys, she must you were playing the long too. game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime it came up, we were like, not yet. No, nope. we're not ready. It's too soon. Let's save it. <laughs> there's, there's going to be a right time, and it is not right now. <laughs> exactly. So it's long oh, overdue. <laughs> Yeah. Um, All right, well, Colin. So the first time I saw this movie was in high school. Um, and I know for a fact that I rented it on DVD from the library. So Tierney, you and I have that in common. Um, I mostly knew nothing about this movie other than it was supposed to be really funny. And uh, Slim Pickens, like the iconic shot that you're talking about, Matt. Like all, the, basically the only two things I knew about this movie were that it was like, really highly regarded as like a very funny movie and also slim pickens rides a nuclear bomb <laughs> like like a fucking bucking bronco and i when i was growing up blazing saddles was in very heavy rotation at my house my dad loves that movie i saw that movie so many times as a kid and so like i just had like that very tangential connection to this movie because of slim pickens and I was just like at the library and it happened to be there. And I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I've heard so much about this. I'll, I'll check it out and see how it is. And I remember thinking like, holy shit, this like actually held up. Like this is really like as good and as funny as I've been led to believe. Um, so that's always, always a joy when something like that happens. Um, but yeah, I think I probably, I think this was either my, when I rewatched it for this episode, it was either my third or fourth time. Because oh. um, I definitely saw it the first time in high school. I think I watched it once in college. And then uh, it was one of the first Criterion Blu-rays I bought. Um, and so I think I, I feel like I probably would have watched it at some point after I bought that. But I don't have like a strong memory of it. Um, so it felt like it had been quite a while since I had seen it when I rewatched it this most recent time. And... Uh, since I'm the last one to go, I'm going to start us off and we can go Let's from here. I think that this movie is still just truly genius. So I want that on the record. I also <laughs> want it on the record that I gave this movie five stars on Letterboxd when I rewatched it. Five out of oh, five, oh. Tierney. Oh, five out of sorry, five. I thought it was out of ten. And <laughs> no. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> but what I will say about this most recent rewatch is that, like, I didn't find it as funny this time not because i don't think that it is funny because i do it was just like 
living in 2022 after all the shit that we've gone through like it's harder for me to laugh at these things now than it was when i was you know like 18 years old or whatever so again i think that this movie is like pure genius but it was like a much tougher hang than i remember it being in previous yeah watch see i almost thought it was even funnier because of that i think but it's bleak what, but, that's, yeah, yeah. but it's I thought it was funnier <laughs> yeah I mean I think you in high school was also when the threat of nuclear war was kind of like history <laughs> you know <laughs> at least in in hope everyone was like it seems like we're maybe past the self-destruction point yeah and then like you know a couple weeks back uh, Vladimir Putin was like I could wipe out all of London with a, a nuclear wave and it's like Okay, so we really haven't moved past the doomsday machine. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I could see it being like a tougher hang now than 15 years ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I also, I'm going to quickly mention I think the first time I heard about this movie was playing the DVD game Shout About Movies. uh, (laughs) That was one of my favorite things to do at parties. You put in this DVD. And then you literally would shout out the answers to these questions about movies. It was like movie trivia and like little like rounds. And Doctor Strange Love was constantly being referenced <laughs> in this thing. And by the full title too. So it'd be like the answer to that one was Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. And it was like, What is this movie? Uh, and then like, you know, twenty years later I actually watched it. <clears throat> I told uh, Matt and Colin this, but my first note that I had watching this movie is that it's the original Veep. And I think that the more, mm-hmm. I, think, I think the more you know about how stupid people in politics are, the funnier it is because it's like so realistic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's the various levels mm-hmm. of this. Oh, uh, even like a rogue general structure. and then the pilots are like trained machines to be like we will never give up this mission also just as a complete side note that emergency kit for the pilots (laughs) never never doesn't land (laughs) when they pull out a gun it's it's the most american thing unfortunately god this country sucks Um, it's like, and the conspiracy, so this actually, okay, so we can, this is relevant, but Jack the Ripper, is that his name? Or is that just what I call him in my head? I think, no, Jack that's right. Jack, yeah, yeah, Jack okay. the Ripper is correct. Ripper, yeah. yeah. Um, so he, I think he's like the precursor to a QAnon person who's just like full into conspiracy theories, which right. also kind of makes it a little bit too relevant. But I think about that fluoride thing i'd say at least uh-huh. once a month yeah since the yeah. first time i saw it every time i go to the dentist too yeah. also in this movie it's jack ripper right jack the ripper was the serial killer okay jack ripper is the character the names in but this are very ripper. good like yeah oh, so good is. yeah we, let's let's talk about some of those let's start off with some of the craziest names in this uh, I mean, including the actor named Slim Pickens, <laughs> not playing a character named Slim Pickens. <laughs> uh, 
I have bat guano. I know bat I noticed that one. Now. <laughs> yeah. Bat I guano that was one. one that I definitely don't remember in earlier viewings, but when I, I saw it this time, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Lieutenant Guano. Yeah. Uh, President Muffley Merkin. Mer- who, Merkin Muffley. Merkin Muffley. <laughs> Which sounds like a dirty sex term. Um, I mean, a Merkin is like a pubic hair. Okay, so. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah it, I mean, it is. And a, Muff. Yeah. Muff is clearly a reference. Yeah as well so like this man's name is literally two different genital related yeah. terms and he <laughs> mispronounces i think almost every russian's name except for dimitri <laughs> <laughs> i love premier kiss off too yeah that's <laughs> so good that is great <laughs> uh, general turgeson yeah yeah buck turgeson yeah Uh, and he's so over the top which i know is like part of the direction was he told him to do like warm-up takes that were like exaggerated and then he used them all and the actor was like what the fuck i don't have like a huge relationship to george c scott but like he's so yeah he's so good in this movie (laughs) like the i so i remember my uh my father was my uh, baseball coach when I was growing up. And when we would play baseball games, my father would like throw in a stick of gum and he would just like annihilate that piece of gum for like the hour and a half that we were playing baseball. <laughs> and so when I was watching this movie the other night, I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> like, I'm not necessarily saying that this is where my dad got it from, but I was like, I can see some similarity here. <laughs> He's just like constantly shoving gum in his mouth and just like obsessively like, <laughs> like chomping on it. So funny. So ridiculous. It's such a fun yeah. choice. Yeah. And when he's like yee-hawing, where they're like, how likely is it that our boys will make it through? And he's like, ah, oh, you kidding me? These boys will... And like, what are you saying? <laughs> so good. And that's, I feel like, a moment where you could almost see that that's probably the warm-up, like, be as big as you can be and we won't use it. And then actually used it, because it's such a huge reaction to this. Oh, but it's so funny. There's a, I, th- um, I think on a similar note, I want to say Slim Pickens, which again is just, I can't believe that's a human's name. Um, <laughs> he didn't see the whole script, and so he thought it was like a war movie that he was performing in, but it uh, oh. is not. <laughs> which, I mean, yeah. like, feels like how that character, I mean, like, that performance feels like a, the performance of a person who thinks he's in a very different movie than he is. Yeah. Which, like, I think works for the entire, like, thing that we're going for here. But, like, it is like, oh, he clearly yeah. thinks something else was going on. That's why it's so great, because it's like they are so isolated. They're the most isolated group out of the whole movie. They have no idea what's going on till the very end. So the fact that... That's like a really interesting choice that they were just completely told that they were in a different movie, basically. <laughs> I think they did yeah. that for Airplane, too, because uh, no one got the humor in it. <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like I need to set the record straight. Uh, Slim Pickens' actual name, birth name, is Lewis Burton Lindley Jr., 
which is not that exciting of a name. So, like, good on you for choosing <laughs> the path that you chose. But... Yeah. Basically, like, if Larry the Cable Guy was in a satire, <laughs> credited as Larry the Cable Guy, which he is for Cars 1 through 3. Oh, is he the truck? Yeah. Mater. Mater. <laughs> <laughs> Because also, that's not his real voice or persona at all. That's like a character. Oh. So Slim Pickens, I think, is like a cowboy persona that this actor Im- embodied, uh, which I think was more common back then as well. There were like a lot of like Westerns. actors. Yeah. And, and actors Westerns. Were, like, literally an actor who was a character. Yeah, yeah. Like John Wayne. And... Has John Wayne ever done anything that's not a Western? Probably. I bet it sucked. Because mm. yeah. <laughs> he, he, I don't think he can do anything besides a Western. <laughs> All his people uh, come after me now. Which, let's just, like, this total tangent off of, like, Doctor Strange love, but uh, <laughs> just an incredible memory that you just gave me, Tierney, of Hail oh, Caesar, dear. the funniest fucking oh. scene in maybe any movie I've ever seen when Alden Ehrenreich is trying to... <laughs> Like, say a line of dialogue, and it's just him and Ray Fiennes going back and forth. Would that it were so simple? Just incredible chance. <laughs> so, thank you for that memory <laughs> of a movie that I mostly thought was bad, but that scene is incredible. <laughs> I fell asleep shortly after that scene. You didn't miss anything. Although, I think you may have missed like the big song and dance routine with Channing Tatum. So, maybe I you definitely did miss didn't something. see that. So, okay. All right. Well, anyway, sorry, but also, I'm not that sorry. That's okay. That seems Um, hilarious. (laughs) In regards to the plane being super isolated, I think, and this is, I think, where, like, there's obviously heavy topics that are being satirized in this, but the idea that they are at risk for being killed purely because of one person's break and, like, that they're, that even in the phone call with Dimitri, which we should dig into later, uh, <laughs> the idea that they're like, well, yeah, like, if we can shoot them down, we're just going to shoot them down. Like, we'll, we'll just take out the plane. And, like, the way that they talk about this plane is very much like, well, we'll just have to kill everybody on board. And, like, they're these soldiers who have no part in the decision that they're being told. They have no part in the process of, like, why they're there or what they're doing or why they should die for this but like they're just fodder it's just like well oops we made a mistake one guy's problem is now going to result in like six people's death or however many are on that plane but like that was an interesting thing that made it very clear how unimportant they were in the grand scheme of like governments just like oopsie (laughs) sorry we (laughs) fucked up yeah, you get a feel for that, too, obviously, when Turgidson's, like, talking about, like, best-case scenario, we strike them first, and then there's, like, 15, 20 million casualties at, at, at worst, or whatever, and that's, like, a big yeah. win, <laughs> and I feel like that happens all the time, where you hear about collateral damage, like, in movies, but also in the news, but the fact that we were introduced to this plane of people who, who are, they're treating them the same way is, like, yeah. kind of shocking, Yeah. And, and when they celebrate about the four that they or the three that they did shoot down, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and they're the the people on the plane are more professional than every other, other than Truly. probably Lionel Mandrake, who mm-hmm. I think is my f- 
favorite iteration. I do love Doctor Strange Love, but I there's something about Lionel Mandrake that I just love. Uh, but I forgot how little Doctor Strange Love is in this movie. <laughs> like for a movie that's literally named after his character. <clears throat> He's, like, in the background of some shots and then has, like, mm-hmm. maybe five minutes worth of screen time where he's, like, actually having dialogue. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's right. I forgot. Every single time I watch this movie, I forget about that. Like, I just envision him. And I think, like, he's got some, like, really iconic parts. Um, so, like, I think that's, that probably helps. Like, the fact that it's titled after his character, the fact that he's got some very iconic parts... Like, when he refers to the president as Mein Fuhrer, I, I cannot hold that it together. That monologue at the end is so good. <laughs> and it's truly, like, I mean, it's, uh, if we were to bring it to present day, that's, like, how rich people are treating climate change. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it's kind of, I thought it was funny, but again, bleak. But yeah. <laughs> like, we'll take, we'll take loads of women, and it'll be... Like, uh, so just be able to have sex with everybody, but you'll be underground. Yeah. And like 10 and women hand. for every one man. Turgenson's like, wait, yeah. what was that ratio you were talking about? He's like, well, we only have to leave some of the men behind. <laughs> well, naturally. I, and also like, again, this is satire of like very serious stuff, but the idea that he's a former Nazi and through the actions of other governments that were not the Nazi government, basically he gets exactly what he wanted to begin with which is like mass genocide eugenics and like very planned survival of only those that they decide are allowed to survive and that's why he's like so giddy about it and like all of his little like nazi qualities are like forcing his body to salute and like miss like say mind fuhrer like all of those things it's the realization of his dream as a nazi scientist who was given a place at the table in the American government. So it's like, yep, okay, this is what happens. It's just a cycle. If we didn't kill ourselves one way, we'll do it a different way. <laughs> so funny. So funny. I definitely thought this conversation was going to be much, much happier. I mean, we, I think I'm, I'm we can certainly, up the stuff. I was going to say, we can go in that direction. And again, I still think this movie is very funny. It's so funny. Was, yeah. I'm just joking. It was, it was just bleak. <laughs> I, yeah. I do think I laughed the most on this watch, too. I don't remember if somebody said that already. Or no, I guess, Colin, you said the opposite. But I think I laughed the most this time. Oh, yeah, I you and, I would say you and Tierney are in good company there. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, the, the scene with the secretary, too, which also only woman in the whole movie is a secretary, You're which right. I don't think is necessarily like... I think it's purposely uh, failing the Bechdel test by just being like, it's all these men just fucking playing war games and risking the lives of the whole world and doing it so poorly. But the one woman in it is just a secretary relaying information from one man to a different man. (laughs) Is she the same woman that Turgidson sleeps with? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's like his secretary that's with him on this. Oh, yeah. Tropical vacation. <laughs> um, I feel like I had something. Uh, f- fuck, I forgot. Oh, it was uh, another another thing that's relevant to present day is when um, Lionel Madrake needs <laughs> a oh quarter my God. to call oh the my president. God. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's a question between corporations or like survival of the world. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's like whole... well, you're gonna have to answer to the Coca-Cola company for this. That whole like, comedy of errors leading up to that, like finally getting the quarter to relay that like important information that could literally save the world is yeah. so clever and so funny and just like really frustrating to watch in the year of our lord 2022 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do think mandrake is our point of view character for the movie like he's the only one who True, fully yeah. understands the gravity mm-hmm. and isn't really joking at any point yeah the funny the aspects of his character that are funny is when he has to kind of like pretend like he's going along with uh with Bat Guano? Is that is Bat Guano's the guy? Or no. no, Ripper? The Ripper is the... Ripper. Yeah, is right. the, the guy who Guano, instigates I think, is the everything. one who says that he needs He's to the... answer to the Coca-Cola company. Right. Yeah. I see. I got it. Uh, but, like when he's like taking Ripper's gun and he's like, oh, let me hold that for you. And, th- and then he like takes <laughs> off his jacket and he's like, yep, uh, right here. Like, he has to just be like, you know what? Yeah, yes, you're so right. But it may be then you can give me the code. And then, it, you know, like all these small maneuvers to be like, oh my god, this is so. He's, he's so bad. polite. Got, yeah. He's so polite. It's like reasoning with like a toddler, basically. <laughs> Truly, like you yeah. don't want to upset him, don't want to set off anything. But... And yeah. then all of his, I think probably my favorite, and this is like I would say, like across movies with Peter Sellers is like, he obviously is really good at accenting. Is none of these are his own. Um, but his physical comedy is so, I find it so subtle, but like completely embodies the character. I mean, even in this movie, each one of the people has like a different way of standing and holding their body, but his little, he does it as Jacques Cousseau as well, where it's like, he doesn't know what to do with his hands. And if you watch that more, that's more in Pink Panther, but it sounds like a critique, Tierney. Are you critiquing his performance? No, they're wow, both just you're going really, on record. As they're really awkward characters, and so he plays yeah. them where he doesn't know what to do. It's not Peter Sellers; it's Peter I'm Sellers doing the character. Oh, okay, but it's okay. it's like so like like the one I think it's he's laying on the ground with Jack Ripper, and he's just picking apart a piece of paper. But it's like so detailed that so many like if you look at any other comedian, would they even bother doing that? There's no way that was in the script to be like and yeah. um, Lionel Mandrake rips apart a piece of paper with anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, for sure, it's very, um, it's like physical, nuanced. Yeah. I do want to just <clears throat> circle back real quick because you said that Peter Sellers' physical comedy is very subtle. But I would like to remind you that Doctor Strangelove is nothing <laughs> close to subtle, <laughs> which is so good. But when the choices like that he makes, <laughs> like I think no, he's the sure. one that chose to wear a glove, but like wasn't even oh. part of it. Like the okay. character as a president really too, like the way he like holds the phone and stuff, like he's you know talking to like a crush or something, like yeah. nervously. <laughs> it's like the same. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying for sure they're like very small choices that make each person very precise i think yeah Yeah. you can definitely tell that he put a ton of thought into how to make each one of these characters wholly real and wholly unique 
even though it's the same dude doing all of them. And because of that, unrecognizable. Like, yeah. if you didn't know Peter Sellers is playing three roles, there's nothing... You might see a slight resemblance between certain facial qualities, but really totally different looks, character to character, totally different accents and body motion, like maneuvers. And when he goes fully limp in the chair, <laughs> when he's like trying to stop his arm, and then he just like, like his whole body just kind of like flops over. It's so good because it's been so much like violent self motion of like trying to like <laughs> adjust his body that when he just goes limp uh it's incredible and like it just hangs on him there's like no punchline there it's just him doing this stuff in the wheelchair i know um, i really wish we could see the outtakes of this are those out oh, there yeah. i wonder are they are oh uh i don't know but i'm oh, gonna I you were absolutely saying, yeah, they are be looking there. this up after uh there's gotta I know be that... stuff that didn't make it that's out out there in the world I wonder if there's yeah. anything on the Criterion Blu-ray. Like, they usually have some pretty good special features, but I yeah. did not yeah. investigate when I was watching this the other night. Well, you're going to have to let us know if there are, because I'm going to need to see those. Post-haste. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. Coast> <laughs> Unless it's a making up, because I think I've seen a making up already. Um, yeah. Uh, don't bullshit us with that, Colin. Don't waste, don't waste our time, time with the making of. <laughs> Get out of our face. Behind the As movie. A, as a segue to what I know Matt really wants to talk about is uh, while we're on this Peter Sellers fan club train here, um, the conversation he has with Dimitri is, I think it's pretty much all one take and the timing of it is immaculate, I would say. So good. Yeah. It's, yeah, beat for beat. And I think a lot of it was improvised and then they like retroactively put it in the script. But like, it's it's it couldn't be sharper better satire it's like exactly how like it's it's i think to your point it is like veep it's all this like dumb posturing and like politeness and like ineffective like a bomb is about to drop in russia and he's like oh yes very good well no, I, I do want to talk to you, Dimitri. I, of course, I want to talk to you. No, I, I'm calling. I'm calling for a reason. But but I, no, I, I hope you're doing well. All of this just like everyone is just waiting too for like okay, what's what's going on? And the way that he approaches like well, you know, there we had a slight. There might have been a, a small miscalculation. Uh, one person who wasn't really feeling great today. Like, all this, like, softening of the fact that, like, a nuclear warhead is on its way to Russia. Being like, well, no, we are sorry. We're very sorry. Can't you tell that we're sorry about this? I I was, like, laughing the entire phone call and was like, oh, this could be a stage play. Like, this is such, like, palpable tension just in the hanging moments between his lines and the, and the other side of the phone, which we never hear, and have to just assume what's happening. It's perfect. It's a perfect it's so scene. Good. Yeah. yeah. And the little um, moment, like, the, like, uh, moments he makes, like, in between <laughs> words are very good as well. But, I love sorry, when ahead, it cuts Becca. to the wide of them. Like, when he's like, it's good to be fine. I'm glad you're fine. <laughs> and I'm fine, too. Isn't that great? And it's, like, all of them on phones listening yeah. in. Like, it's a three-way call in middle school. Like, what's he going to say next? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good and I also kind of to your point Matt it's so funny because it 
I know that you said, and I maybe should have known this, but I don't remember reading about this when I, um, in school when I studied this movie. But um, I feel like he does play four characters in that he plays Dimitri, essentially, in the silences. Mm. Like, oh, interesting. You never see Dimitri. But the fact that, like, he's kind of playing this character, it's almost like, I don't know if you guys have watched um, Frasier, but it's like the character of Maris. It's like is Niles basically wife? is Maris. Like, yeah, you never see her. You just hear about her. And then, like, anytime he's on the phone with her, it's like, it's all him. He's basically playing both characters. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. Even the react, because it's all reactions of being like, okay, well, now now settle down, Dimitri. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're so right. Wow. I love this approach. I'm not going to look at <laughs> Frasier the same ever again. <laughs> or this movie, for that Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think. I love that. I you're you're absolutely right. I never would have thought of it that way, but that's such a fun way to rewatch that scene. I mean, honestly, I didn't think about it till just now when Matt was saying like it's. I feel like it's so so much of it is improv and it is just like in the silences. He's kind of telling us who Dimitri is. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and this it's relationship so that like they're all <clears throat> that immature that even this like Russian leader. It's like, well, why didn't you call me just to talk? Like, why? Right. Like, I never yeah. hear from you. All these like little details of like, what is this relationship? Like, what do these leaders even care about? <laughs> also, isn't he at a party too? I was saying he's kind of drunk. Isn't that like what yeah. one of them says? He's like, he's a little drunk. <laughs> so, and he's I like, can like you that... turn the music down? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can hear you a lot better now. <laughs> like that line of dialogue preceding their initial phone call just like sets the stage for everything else that's gonna come from Dimitri. Like, this is so perfect that just, like, one of the most powerful people in, you know, the late 60s is just kind of drunk and not really understanding how serious of an issue this is. And also just, like, pawns it off. He's like, you you need to talk to this base. You can't talk to me. Like, I'm not going to know anything. Um, And then the conversation he has with the uh, Russian dude is, like, very different in tone. Totally. It's very like business. Business, business. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Great scene. Um, yeah. It's, it's a fantastic scene. And then the follow-up call later is also just as funny. When they're like, so is it, will that set off the doomsday device? Okay. <laughs> I also love the idea that like, the doomsday device is only effective as a deterrent if everyone knows about it. And they're like, yeah, we were going to announce it in a couple days. <laughs> you know how we like surprises. That like, was yeah, so we, good. We, we made this incredible deterrent, but nobody knew about it just quite yet. And all of this shit went down because our timing was just just slightly off. <laughs> Which feels like so absurd, but it is so, like everything is so orchestrated. The timing of like yeah. every single leak and like, PR release, even with something like our government, it's like so depressing that that is not far from the truth. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the uh, the other funny thing that's like very sharp satire is that one, and I don't know if I totally caught this the first time, but basically the shootout that's happening at the airbase is between just the people at the airbase. Like there yeah. is no foreign. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
an entity that's coming in. It's just all friendly fire, and it's all in front of a billboard that says "Peace is our profession." Yes, it's like so over the top, so, so direct, fucking funny. That was one of the things that had me laughing the hardest on this most recent re- rewatch is when there's just like hails of gunfire going back and forth, and it says "Peace is our." I was like, and, okay. keep, and keep off the grass, which is like very American. And then another thing from that scene is when Jack Ripper pulls a set of golf clubs out of the closet and there's just a machine gun inside of it. And I was like, this is unfortunately so American. I also just want to shout out real quick, the name of the Air Force base is Burpleson. <laughs> which like truly i know we like we we were talking about funny names earlier uh but i feel uh, like i needed to bring that one back because just so insane <laughs> oh god Burleson. is it where is it what state is it in i have no For- idea oh i just assume florida <laughs> i mean florida feels right like certainly at least if we're gonna like bring this into you know modern day, <laughs> definitely somewhere in the south, but probably Florida. <laughs> Purple. Florida. <laughs> That's a, it had a ring to it. That's why I was like, oh. <laughs> must be Florida. The uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk a little bit about Ripper's like monologue and idea of like what was going on because i think you're absolutely right i think that's the one thing that i was like oh shit this really aged well into these like complicated lunatic conspiracies that you're like what are you fucking talking about like where did you get this idea from and a lot of it is like well i felt it in my gut and in this case (laughs) he's like i felt it in the moments following sex I felt this emptiness, and I luckily interpreted those feelings correctly. And you're like, oh my god. <laughs> like, this is the fucking exact same way that people think now, where it's just like, I don't know. I just, like, realized it. And you're like, that's nothing. You are talking about nothing. I mean, <laughs> isn't that whole, like, loss of essence? I feel like I hear that now. Isn't that, like, what the Proud Boys are all about? Probably. Exactly. Like, yeah. it's too exactly. close to home. It's so crazy. The post-coital fatigue becoming this thing of, like, we have to save up our fluids. (laughs) Oh, and the reaction to fluids in that one letter where they're like, well, this is the directive that was sent out. And they're like, "Uh, you know, the loss of fluids. Um, Our precious fluids. (laughs) They just, like, realize, like, oh, God, this guy's fucking off it. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, all the, like oh, they're getting, they're, like, emasculating our men by, like, getting into our products and, like, dumbing down our genes. It was like, oh, holy shit. Like, this is basically exactly QAnon and the Proud Boys. Like, both, like everyone said. It's, like, depressingly similar to how stupid those theories are. <laughs> oh, God. And if there are any Proud Boys or QAnon believers listening to this podcast... You're fucking dumb. Stop listening. Also, we don't want you. We don't we, need to listen to this. <laughs> None of us want you. Go away. You're not our demographic. Be gone. Be gone. <laughs> uh, also, I love that Ripper is like, when he, when he tells him that he like, uh, 
sent off the air force or the like jet or whatever and then he's like oh yeah just go make me a drink and like like mandrake is like trying to catch up with like oh my god wait what's going on and is like um okay <laughs> all right i'll make you a drink but then he also asks for rainwater in that drink, which I for- I forgot about. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God, this is coming back later. I totally forgot about the rainwater <laughs> and pure grain alcohol. Did you guys ever oh, yeah. have to get um, fluoride treatments when you went to the dentist? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if that was. Was it like the foam? Yeah. Like the flavor foam? Yeah. That they would put in your mouth. Oh, God, it was so good. <laughs> What? <laughs> Tasted so good. Mine was always like strawberry. Yeah, I just I remember just... them saying like you can't eat or drink anything for hours, and then like I would have. I think it was a half bike. hour. Yeah, I was okay, well, Tierney, I was just on a hunger strike after going to the dentist. <laughs> They're like, All right, so just give it like ten minutes, and Tierney's like, Jesus, I'm gonna starve to death. Are you kidding me? I will not eat for 10 years. I remember I remember going as a kid and we'd like ride our bikes and it was like three miles away and then just being like, I can't eat or drink for so long. <laughs> and then like getting home and being so parched and being like, I can't drink anything. <laughs> anyway, yeah, good times. I mean, Portland or like Oregon, at least Portland, Oregon, doesn't allow doesn't have fluoride in the water because people have constantly frequently voted against it and so really there's no fluoride in the water there and so people have bad teeth i was gonna say cavities they're like decaying uh-huh. yeah yep. wow so i know my friend had to buy fluoride tablets to like have with vitamins to like make sure she's still got fluoride in her body so i why thought that's why why did you leave always- Seems like you should, seems like a great place for you to continue living. You know, you don't like freedom of, of choice, quality. Matt. Is that what I'm hearing? That's true. Honestly, sounds like to me. Yeah, you could just buy fluoride tablets, and actually, that's better than making everyone have to drink fluoride. It's like such a good point. My teeth, my choice. <laughs> and I will go on record because my name is going to be bleeped. <laughs> I am tired of hiding. My we teeth. are out here. We're here. We have bad teeth. Get used to us. My teeth are like riddled with holes, so. But I never decline fluoride. Oh, oh man. God. I'm going to think about that like three days from now and start laughing and no one's going to know what's Yeah, you're just going to be like at your desk giggling to yourself. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with her? My teeth, my choice. Oh, my God. <laughs> my face hurts. Uh, I, have, I have a note that I don't know what it means, so see if you can interpret this. Oh, this, yes. is, a fun, this is a fun game. <laughs> Yeah, truly, I don't know what it means. It just says, real people notice. That's all. And it's early on. It's, like, fairly early in my notes. So it's, like, maybe from the beginning of the movie. Real Real people people notice. What the fuck does that mean? I don't even know where to start with that. I don't even know. I feel like it it rings a bell, but maybe it just... Maybe I want it to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
do, yeah, does that, do any? There are not, like no real people in no. the movie. It's all, it's all cartoons. They're all cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I know what it is. It's that scroll at the beginning. That's like, oh, all of the, oh, all yeah. of the things like the the people in this are not real people. Oh, yeah. The depictions are purely fictional. And that's funny that it's at the very beginning in huge block letters instead of at the very end in the credits. Yeah. In fine print, where most movies have it. This one is like the Star Wars opening crawl to be like, we're not talking about anybody real. Even though at the time it probably was very close to real people that were running governments. Well, and I remember learning about this, that like apparently (laughs) the... I'm not sure if this is also, maybe I'm confusing this with 2001, but I think that people were like shocked by what the inside of the plane looked like in the movies. Like it looked so close to what it looks like um, in a real like plane. That sounds familiar. War plane. I I think that's, but I'm also like, I know that happened with 2001 too, that like it was like so close to real technology. Hmm. Um, So I don't know. It is very cramped quarters in this. Plane, where it looks like kind of the way they would all just be like in these nooks kind of tucked with like books on their knees yeah, yeah. Hmm. and the coding system like was pretty cool i thought i mean uh-huh. it's not efficient by modern day standards but it looks cool <laughs> <laughs> the analog systems look cool <laughs> yeah uh the production design also cool mm-hmm. that war room which Colin and I went to the Academy Museum uh, here in Los Angeles, California. And they had a whole <laughs> thing about production design um, and mentioned how the war room was built. And Tierney, you probably know all this from the behind the scenes thing that you've watched several hundred times. Okay. Uh, but, the, <laughs> uh, but like. Definitely not more than twice. <laughs> twice, hundred, two hundred. Uh, the. Like, one, how that one wall is, like, sloping upward, and all the maps are, like, basically, like, (laughs) have to be glued or, like, stuck to that wall so that they don't fall off, which apparently did happen. Like, the heat of the lights started having them, like, buckle and start to come off the wall, where they're like, oh, fuck. And they had to, like, figure out a way to keep them all up, because it's such a strange angle. But that room is so... I feel like everything is referenced to that room. Uh, this, mm-hmm. like, circle table with yeah. these hanging lights and, like, giant maps. Uh, like, it's such a centerpiece of this movie's, like, visual look. It looks great. The table is green because you wanted them to feel like it was a poker table. Oh, but then yeah, I remember that. You made it in black and white, so we don't yeah. know. <laughs> I love, too, how they just call it the big board. <laughs> Yeah. A game, literally. They're going to see the big board. (laughs) His freak out. Yeah. Uh, Turgeson's freak out. He's like, but they're going to see the big board. Yeah. Calm down. He's like, that is the point. Still taking pictures, like, as the world is blowing up. (laughs) Um, I know we talked about this in the last one when we talked about like the set designs on 2001 but um when i went to the un you can go to the different meeting rooms and i can't remember what room it is but the color 
scheme and design, it's literally a circle. <laughs> and it's like the war room. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Checks out. And I was the only I just kept snickering to myself being like that's the war room. That's the war room. And then uh <laughs> no one else that wasn't referenced at all. Anyway. Also <laughs> the famous line like you can't do that in here. This is the war room. You can't fight in yes. here. This is the war room. Yeah, you can't fight in here. That's <laughs> or I've never seen such behavior in the war room. I think he says another time. <laughs> it's so good. And the fact that there's just a buffet table <laughs> just with cakes and desserts and foods of all kinds is yeah. like, what is going on and here? Like, what? Was there, yeah. was there like a, like a, like a server who was there at some point? Like filling up the, am, am I? <clears throat> I might be making that up, but I thought there was like somebody in the background who was like filling up like food on the 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 table. I wouldn't be surprised. I can't remember. Sense. I could again. I could be making that up, but I um, feel like I remember someone getting a pie in the face. But every time I watch this movie, it doesn't happen, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know where that memory came from. Like, I feel like I remember someone throwing a pie in Dr. Strangelove's face. So maybe there were some outtakes and somehow you tracked them down already, but... That'd be embarrassing. You just, like, (laughs) you just associate them with the actual movie. (laughs) Maybe it was something, like, referencing this. Like, some kind of, you know, maybe it was, like, another episode of something that was referencing this and he got a pie in the face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That seems highly that likely. Sense. Yeah. And <coughs> just to clarify, the end I don't think is ambiguous, but. <laughs> no, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I was <gonna> say. So uh... <laughs> the warhead drops, but then we cut to the war room where they're talking about this plan of like going underground <clears throat> and like surviving. And then Dr. Strangelove like gets up. And we cut from, like, he finishes a sentence, but then we cut to all the bombs going off with, like, the music playing. So they were just talking about figuring out a way to survive, but they're dead, right? Everyone is dead. Yes. Yeah. Nobody survives this? Yeah. Yes. That's okay. my interpretation. That's, that's yeah. what I thought. Was yeah. <laughs> it they... was, I just thought, I, <clears throat> in my mind, the bomb dropping was the last thing of the movie. So then mm-hmm. the scene going back to the war room, I was like, but the bomb just dropped. Like, we saw it impact. But I guess it's just like, meanwhile, this is what's happening, and now here come all the bombs. Well, mm-hmm. it needs, like, time needs to elapse to set off the doomsday machine. Right. And, and send those intercontinental ballistic missiles. Yeah. True. Good stuff. Um, do you- Good stuff. <laughs> do you guys love, I love... <laughs> I was thinking about this um, <clears throat> watching this time, and I don't think I thought about it before, but I love that it's, like, kind of told in real time. Yeah. Because they're, like, in two yeah. hours, like, within two hours at the very beginning, they're, like, within two hours, any of these planes can, like, reach their targets or whatever. And the mm-hmm. movie's, like, <clears throat> I think, like, just under two hours or maybe, like, an hour and a half. So it yeah. feels, like, really, like, there's nothing, like, missed. Like, this is literally how it would progress and how long it would take to end the world, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I also picked that up this time, and I thought that that was really fascinating. Because, and so, <clears throat> I mean, it probably is almost exactly real time, because, you know, like, there's the line where it says, like, they're at any given time, they're, like, two hours away from their target. 
mm-hmm. but they don't like the plane doesn't end up hitting their actual target because they're losing fuel. So they can't even make it all the way that they're supposed to. So like <laughs> the fact that this movie is a little over an hour and a half and like they couldn't even make it the full two hours. It probably is yeah. like, if yeah. not exactly real time, like extremely close, which is pretty fun. I never yeah. paid attention to that before. <clears throat> I'm going to have to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, like twist 24. my arm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also why it makes such a good, like, it would make such a good stage play, because you're watching as long as it takes for yeah. this to be. But I guess you wouldn't be able to do the nuke part very well on stage. So. I suppose. Um, <laughs> here's a weird take that I have. Uh, mushroom clouds look so fucking cool. <laughs> like... I mean, yeah, yeah. Visually, visually mushroom clouds look anything. awesome. Like they look so fucking dope. But then you from remember a distance, all, yeah. Like all of the context of mushroom clouds, and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> like, I did. I did think when they were doing this, like, did did he create a mushroom cloud on a model, or is that like footage that exists from tests? I think it's probably test footage because like a lot of these shots are used in like metal gear solid my favorite video game series uh and a lot of other things where it's like the exact same over real shot of like Mm -hmm. the the boom which is more depressing because that means that there's that much footage of different nuclear explosions from a period of time of about like 10 years of just like maybe not maybe not even 10 like five less four just like bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb so going off people watching it go off at risk of uh again referencing the un building in new york at the end of the tour there's it's called the hall of weapons and they go through and they talk about there's like a little ticker that's how much countries have spent on defense that year and then oh boy (laughs) and like they break it down by country and it's shocking truly um but there's a time lapse screen of a map of the world and there's a little flash i think that you can find it on youtube but there's a little flash every time a nuclear bomb is tested and it goes like in the 40s there's like a couple in nevada new mexico and then as it goes into the it's like a strobe light it just keeps going and going and then there's like ones in russia there's a bunch tested in pacific ocean to where i was like oh my god i was like i didn't know that they were tested this much and they categorize them by color too so like France is testing them, England, Russia, a lot from mostly the U.S. But it was interesting. You can find it on YouTube, I, I've been told. But Man. again, a reference to the – would recommend, guys. It was like maybe 20 <laughs> bucks. It's <laughs> a good tour. I'd make the trip just for that. <laughs> from what I've heard, though, you can just watch – Doctor Strange Love and get the vibe of that one meeting room and then you can yeah, watch much. a video on YouTube. So like do I need to go to New York and pay twenty dollars? Not really. <laughs> it's more like I'm if just you're... being an asshole. <laughs> I only went because I like had a free afternoon and I was staying with my brother and he lived in Midtown and you could see it from his building. And so I was like, Yeah. I'll go to the UN, see if they have a tour, which is like basically being like i'll walk up to the white house and see if they'll let me in <laughs> yeah one of those uh one of those tours here i just walk on in this door locked it's, it's self-guided one? right i'll, I'll, I'll yeah. figure it out it's fine 
You know the guy from Ghana's here? Can I talk to the guy from Ghana? Anyway. Um, well, I was curious. Uh, so when we were talking about, like, you, Matt, you had mentioned, like, the, like, all of these leaders are basically acting like children, right? Um, and the big board looks like a light bright, right? Um, and I was curious. And so this movie was released in 1964 and the light bright was originally marketed in 1967. So do we think that the creator of the light bright was like a real big Dr. Strange love fan? Big board fan? (laughs) Dr. Strange. Love. Originally, he was like, I call it the big board. <laughs> they were like, no, but you can't call it. It's so small. It's, it's, it's for children. Okay, so the small rhyme. board? And they're like, no, that's still not good. <laughs> Make it rhyme. Why don't you talk about what it's doing? It lights up. No, that's not the point. It's based on the big board. For, I, this isn't a kid's toy. This is for adults. To strategize. What do we call it? Light bright. And instead of black backgrounds, yeah, he originally it. had just like maps of different countries. And this is where you could track the nuclear armaments of each of the countries. That they're... What if we make it like a, like a unicorn? <laughs> like lights up. Or a rainbow. <laughs> You're all fucking high. You don't get this idea at all. So much I'm more so potential. <laughs> Man. Oh. Um, should we go into categories? Sure. I think so. Does anybody have anything else that they want to hit from the movie? Nah, nah it's just good. It's a good movie. What it's a, is categories? A... I don't think I remember this. Ooh, that guy. Oh, okay. So it's fun because I don't remember them from week to week either. So <laughs> like every single <laughs> time one, it's like, wait, what was one of them? Uh, the one so, that we always forget to do, Colin. Oh, yeah. Is what uh, the... Before we forget. They're just like right little now. questions. I'm sure Tierney told me, and I can't remember. I remember I the word categories. I didn't tell you what they were. Yeah, oh, okay, no, okay. I did <laughs> I was like, I saw Don't categories. Yeah, there's, it's, there's, it's, it's very, very, very low stakes. So. Okay. Self-driven. I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> I never um, do, so. <laughs> so, one of the categories is uh, the subject line of the Zoom link that I sent, that I email out before the call. We forgot to do uh, the previous episode. So I'll do, I'll hit both. Uh, so the, the one that we did for tonight was, you can't record in here. This is the podcast room, um, which I thought was pretty fun. And the one that I sent for our 2001 episode was sci-fi movie template. Because <laughs> everything that's ever been a sci-fi movie since 1968 references 2001. <laughs> um, so that, so there's that. Um, other categories, what, it's like tattoo ideas. So, uh, we, so Becca, to catch you up, the first episode we ever recorded was about Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm the only one of the three of us that has a tattoo. And I was like, jokingly like, oh, what if I got it to like the full back tattoo that they put oh on, my God. Ma- on Mad Max <laughs> with this like blood type and everything. And so now after we watch a movie, we brainstorm tattoo ideas none of which have ever actually come into real existence on my person but maybe someday (laughs) you should they're all like geared toward geared toward you no not just like you okay (laughs) just like what like what's something from the movie like sometimes they're very serious like oh this is a really gorgeous shot or this is like a really gorgeous moment from the movie and sometimes they're 
deeply upsetting, like when we did our Cinema Paradiso episode and Tierney's yep. suggestion was a, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> was like, a, like, <laughs> Fettuccine, film, filmacini Alfredo. Film, yeah. So it's a bowl of film and then Alfredo's head on the top. Just like so upsetting. <laughs> Just really horrifying. That's exactly the I like one it. that I thought of when you said some of them are scary. <laughs> Um, um, for this one, I don't know. Maybe Slim Pickens riding the bomb. I would say Slim yeah, Pickens. That's... Like that's just like super iconic. Um, what What are the names of the two? I can't. I'm. Uh, oh, oh. Of who? it was like hi there. The is one of, yeah, one of them is Dear hi John. there. Oh Dear yeah, John. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. Yeah. As opposed to, isn't the actual bomb? Wasn't it Big Boy? Big Boy and, or Little Boy? I and, thought it was. Uh, was it Fat Boy? Fat Fat Boy and Little Man. That's what it was, Fat Boy and Little Man. Yeah. Fat Boy and Little Man. I never knew that. Yeah. Oh. Such cute names. So, it's it's so adorable. Yeah. Entire population like of people. Wreck it is millions of such people. A it's cute. <laughs> the U.S. is wrecked. <laughs> we love to be playful in our war crimes. <laughs> you can have a little war oh, crime as a treat. <laughs> God. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, that one's definitely the most iconic. I do think, like, the big board is really, like, is really fun. I also like tracking the big board over the course of the movie because, like, you know, by now I'm, I'm used to seeing so much better, like, tracking technology in movies. <laughs> like, the fact that these just, like, light up, like, one little increment every, like, five minutes or so, it's just really funny to me. Like, it just seems like nothing's happening. Like, you look up at the big board, and then two scenes later, there's just, like, two more lines. Like, the plane has gotten marginally right. closer. Um, I think that one's, that one's fun. Um, but yeah, I think the Slim Pickens on the on the bomb seems like the most, like, the best fit. I feel um, like I would want to do one that, like, people wouldn't recognize right away if it were me. Like, I feel like I would do, like, OPE or, like, something ooh. that's, like, oh, who knows what that could be. But, like, if you know, you know, you know. Interesting. That's fun. Or, like, purity of essence. <laughs> <laughs> some people some might get some iterations. P-O-E, O-P-E. I feel like would be fun. Keep that them guessing. Fun. I like that. Uh, or the yeah, code I'm... that they send to the plane. Isn't yeah, that the, the code? Oh, that, okay, well, that's, no. that's oh, the like, initial that's... code. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah that the, was like the... OPE or whatever is like the code, code that they're whatever. like, just kidding, don't actually do this. But the, I can't yeah. remember what the initial code is. But that would be Oop. another good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I love that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I never put it together like that. It's very Midwest. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um sidebar i just noticed this on wikipedia i meant to mention it earlier uh slim pickens's character is named tj kong nicknamed oh, yeah. king kong, kong. or so, king kong yeah that's right good good stuff all around uh would you guys watch this movie on an airplane yes i probably yeah. have it's, it's <laughs> so you can watch another one i probably have <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't I see any I reason why s- i wouldn't I feel like I would be stressed out watching that, like watching people on a plane while being on a plane. It's I don't a know. Interesting. If oh, that's if true, I would yeah. like doing that. Yeah, there's nothing like grotesque or like uh, 
NSFW about it, but I do think that would be enough for me to be like. I've told you that. Like you're I watching watched... it, and then you're like, oh no, <laughs> no, like the first scene where they're in the plane, you're like, this is too much, I can't do. It. Yeah, I watched Bridesmaids on a plane and forgot that that opening scene is like not necessarily G-rated. Yeah, uh, and. I've watched I watched part of French Dispatch on the plane where he paints um, Leah Sudo naked, but the craziest looks I've ever gotten watching a movie on a plane was Monty Python Life of Brian. People were like, "The fuck are you watching?" <laughs> <laughs> like people were like doing like, "What?" Wow. I don't understand. I do feel like the visuals of that movie aren't like mainstream kind of- iconic. Yeah, it's a bit chaotic. Like, and chaotic. Yeah, I feel like people wouldn't necessarily... I'm trying to think of, like, scenes that, like, most people would recognize. Well, the flip-flop? Like, maybe. Or the sandal. Which one? When he drops the sandal. Oh, I have forgotten about the, that. Or the... When Terry Jones <clears throat> comes out through the window and goes, He's a very naughty boy. Well, I think, like, like, two when, seconds. Uh, <laughs> when people think of Monty Python... Like, generally, when people think of Monty Python... They're thinking of Holy Grail. They're Holy not Grail, necessarily yeah. thinking of Life of Brian. I yeah. suppose. So, like, if I were to walk by somebody on a plane watching Holy Grail, I'd be like, oh, fuck, yeah, I know exactly what that is. But if I were to walk by somebody watching Life of Brian, I'd be like, wait, what's happening? And I'd be like, oh, okay, I think I get what's right. going on. Yeah. That was just the side note. <laughs> anyway, uh, would you guys spend time on this film set? Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. For those lost outtakes that we <laughs> And just to like watch Peter Sellers and also maybe hang out with him. And also <laughs> maybe become him. Peter Sellers' best friend forever. <laughs> um, it is interesting that he was like, I don't want to play four characters. Three is too much already. And do- like nails the three that he has, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. Don't make him, don't split up his attention. Yeah. So, I truly do not know Peter Sellers. Um, so it, like, how common is it for him to do multiple? Like, is that a thing? Like, okay. Well, in Lolita, he plays multiple characters, and that's why oh, yeah. the uh, the studio said, if you want this movie greenlit, he has to play four characters in it. And Stanley Kubrick was not very happy about it, and. Uh, I think other people said that, like, this... I think Peter Sellers wasn't happy about it either, but they were like, no, 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 it works so well for Lolita, so you have to use Peter Sellers as much as possible. And Peter Sellers, like, I think in- injured his ankle or something and was like, oh, uh, sorry, I can't do the plain stuff. <laughs> and so then they recast it as Slim Pickens. Um, mm-hmm, but, like, originally they were, like, pushing for him to be in more of the movie because Lolita was successful and because they thought he was so funny that, like... Yeah, I think I've heard that he couldn't master that accent either. And so he was like, oh, my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, like, I, I just didn't know if he was, like, you know, like always. Mike Myers. You know, like, like yeah. Mike Myers is always playing, like, not always, but, like, often playing multiple characters in his movies. I didn't know if that was, like, a Peter Sellers thing as well. Or if it just so happened that he did it in this movie. I don't think so. <clears throat> I'm trying to think if I... In the party, he only plays one character, right? Have you seen that, Tierney? I don't think. No. No. 
I think he only plays one character. I'm trying to think of, like, other movies. Like, being there, he's only one character. Right. Pink Panther, he's only one character. Um, He was, like, a character actor is, like, how he became Right. Yeah, sure. But usually, like, not more than one. Yeah. He also got an... He got an agent, or he got his first job at the BBC by calling and pretending to be someone who worked at the BBC. So he was calling, pretending to be some, like, recruiting agent or manager guy and was like, you should go to this guy Peter Sellers' show. He's pretty good. And then <laughs> at the end, he was like, what does he do? And he's like, well, he, I do impressions. <laughs> and then he, he got a job. I've, I told move. that story so well. I've heard that anecdote from you specifically before. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Not recorded on a pod. It's very clever. Yeah, now, I think now it's, it's super been recorded clever. for all time, but I have heard you tell that story before. <laughs> Which was not a complaint, also, by the way. It's a fun story, but. <laughs> also, spoiler alert to season three of this pod, but there might be a Peter Sellers movie in the mix. Ooh. Wow. Oh. And it because... might have already been talked about in this. Okay, I was going to say, well, <laughs> which other Kubrick movies are you doing? <laughs> All right, well, the Kubrick one, yeah, we, we'll do Lolita, but there's another one that I know is on Tuesday's list have... of movies. To... Oh, well, oh, I did take well, it off. Well, I did we'll take see. it off with my done, new theme, but we'll have to. We'll are you see. kidding me? I told you one of you guys like has to asshole. put it on. Yeah, Matt, you do look like a huge asshole. She told us this a while ago. I can't believe I can't believe you just don't read the messages that Tierney sends us. Like, what's wrong with you? When was this even? (laughs) I was probably at a very popular party with a lot of really cool people. (laughs) (laughs) Why Um, is that a joke? (laughs) I laughed because they laughed. Stop laughing. (laughs) You're starting to hurt my feelings. Oh what was the new category that I thought of? I, I forgot, but I remembered it just seconds before you asked that question. Which character would you want to play? <gasps> oh, Ooh. right. Oh. For this one. Oh, what a good one for this one, too. Ooh, okay. Let's all take a minute. I think I would want to do Turgeson. It seems like he's just having so much fun. Like, and again, I mean... You know, the anecdote we heard that he did not realize that that that's what was going to be in the movie. Like, that's a little bit different. But, like, the character that we got Mm -hmm. is so much fun to watch. And he's just, like, so antic that I think that that would be, like, a really fun one to, like, sink your teeth into. Yeah. So I think that's where I'd go. I'd maybe go with Merkin Muffley. Muffley Merkin. What is his name? His Merkin. Name is President Merkin. His yeah. His name is President. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like walking up to the ballot box, or you know, like filling it out at home if you live in a reasonable state that does mail-in voting. Mm-hmm. But just like looking at your ballot and just like, yeah, that guy, Merkin I'm Muffley. Muffley. <laughs> I'm a Merkin. That's boy. I'm a Merkin boy. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would choose him uh, because of the Dimitri call. I think that would be incredibly fun to play with. Yeah. Um, I don't know who I'd be. There's a I do enjoy a good villain, and so there's a part of me that I think would have a lot of fun playing Doctor Strangelove. But um, 
I don't know. Probably, I'd probably end up doing Lionel Mandrake. It feels right. It'd also be fun to be King Kong. <laughs> I could never do that accent, but it'd be kind of fun to... I don't know. I feel like that would be a fun one, too. And you get the iconic shot of the movie. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Becca, which, who do you think... Or what character would you want to play? I was just looking up... I couldn't remember the name of the Russian ambassador, but I really liked... I thought mm, it would be fun no. to be him. If I spoke Russian, maybe a better role for Tyranny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he doesn't say really anything. I think he just okay. says, like, hi, and then yes, yes, and then yes, goodbye. goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He might um, say, I like, he one fun. other... Oh, he says what as well. Yes. Oh, okay. What? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> goodbye. He might not even be Russian. <laughs> I looked up the name. The actor's name was Peter Bull, so I'm like, maybe not. Probably not. <laughs> I was say, with as little <laughs> Russian as apparently that character speaks, he probably yeah. anybody could make it through. <laughs> okay, now I'm confident in my abilities. I could probably yeah. do it. Or, Peter yeah, Bull I feel like maybe Merkin, too, I would want to do. Yeah. yeah. You'd be a great Merkin. Yeah. Yeah, you have the pacing. <laughs> you have the timing. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what percentage of this movie do we think is Kubrick flipping off the audience? <laughs> um, I would say only the end, because it's it's such a shocking ending for an older movie to be like, and then there was nothing. Yeah. I feel like, again, as I mentioned in last week's episode, I don't have a ton of experience with Kubrick, but of the movies of his that I've seen, this definitely feels like the least flipping off the audience yeah i'd say like zero <laughs> but i also said like 10 percent for 2001 i mean who is the audience like yeah the government like, the american maybe at the time yeah just like, like the film people going in the government? public like i'm gonna go okay, the spend my hard-earned public. money in the 1960s to go see a movie and this is what I, I mean. See. I'm sure they were entertained, right? I feel like he, he, like, I, yeah, I don't think maybe just the end. Yeah, like Tierney said, I think I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then the last category is Academy Awards. This movie was nominated for four of them mm. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Wow. So, who was Peter Sellers nominated as? for his performance or was he just not I think all three for all. I would say it looks like all three good who did he lose to uh Rex Harrison from My Fair Lady wow I've seen that I movie I don't even know who that is in it I, I'm assuming the lead yeah <laughs> probably the, the, t- the main dude would be my guess I've, I've never seen the that movie the titular lady here's what I'll say <laughs> The I've category was leading lady. role. <laughs> I've seen that movie, but every time I think, every time I hear My Fair Lady, I think of Kingsman. So we'll just that'll give you an idea of his performance mm. in that movie. <laughs> Is that I think of Eggsy from Kingsman before I think of Rex Harrison. Oh. Uh, I haven't seen either. So My Fair My Fair Lady won Best Picture, Best Director. Oh. Best actor. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Uh, and then the best screenplay <sighs> surprise, for best surprise. adapted screenplay was some movie called Beckett, which I've oh, literally never even Beckett. heard of before. I feel I don't like know. 
biopics weren't really a thing back then. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but uh, fun f- other thing, uh, Mary Poppins was heavily in play that year at the Oscars. Mm. And that was when Julie Andrews won. Mm. Oh. Wonder why there is weren't it? any women nominated for, to, for <laughs> Dr. Strange Love. <laughs> Wonder why that secretary didn't get the best supporting actress <laughs> nomination that she, she so rightly deserved from her like 30 seconds of screen time. Yeah. She, does she was good, <laughs> yeah. No notes for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, well. Yeah, I, I feel like another one I could have gone for would be like an art direction or production design, which is also interesting now that I'm digging into it. They, back then, so this was the 37th Academy Awards. Um, it's already so old. <laughs> they had two I'm different art direction categories. <laughs> they had one for black and white, and they had one for color, mm. which I think is pretty fun that they would, like, split it up like that. That is interesting. Do they have a best actor for talking and a best actor for silent? I was just going to say that. I actually was just going to ask that, but I feel I, like... They did it? Silent movies. I was going to say, they may did have they? earlier, but I, I don't think there were a lot of silent films happening in the 60s. I think at no. that point, everything was everything was, was a talkie. So. I, yeah, I guess I just assumed that the Oscars... I mean, were there any... There were no Oscars before 1927, were there? No. I don't know what year they're from. Yeah, I think what that was started. 27, 28, somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay. We're in the 90s now. We've got like. I think this upcoming years. year is the 95th, if I remember correctly. Okay. We're getting close to 100. And I bet it'll be just as boring as every year. I was going to say, it's, <laughs> it's still going to be bad. <laughs> and I'm still going to care way too much about it. <laughs> I saw oh. a TikTok that said that, that like, old, like, the way people talk in old movies is actually a contrived accent that was like mm. it's like half british half american and it happened when talkies became a thing did you guys know about this no. isn't that the mid-atlantic accent yeah. or oh okay yeah. i was gonna say is that a different accent yeah i feel like i do remember hearing that <clears throat> I, like it's not even, yeah people I think didn't that, talk like that was that in <laughs> the, the... <laughs> Was that in one of the reading passages from Academic Approach? <laughs> there was one of them that was about, like, the transition to sound in movies. And I think there was at least a paragraph that was talking about that. Oh, well, I learned about it from a TikTok, so. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you brought up TikTok before I did today, because I feel like that's all I talk about lately. It's <laughs> 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 like fighting it. Don't bring up TikTok. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't embarrass embraced yourself. embraced it. <laughs> Fully embraced. That's where I do All most right. of my learning these days. Well, that's it. That's Doctor Strange. Love. Love. That's it. We did it. Wow, <laughs> what have you guys it. been up to lately? So yeah, Be- uh, Becca, we always end the uh, the episode with just you know any anything we want to shout out, any media we've consumed. Oh yes. Doesn't necessarily okay. have to be movies, but uh, Tyranny's is very rarely movies. Hers are usually books, which is totally like, fine. Good books and about important topics, and then mine is like I watched Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> could be really anything. So I could talk I mean, about TikTok again. I could. Use you could this if you saw if you saw a, like a particularly compelling TikTok that you feel like needs to be announced to the broader broader yeah. world. 
we, you don't have to start if you don't want to. We can, we can. No, I won't. I think I probably share Tierney's anyway. I'll avoid talking about TikTok. I mean, most of what I watched lately is just cat videos anyway. So I think I'll probably, <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably jump on the Tierney's. I think I know what it's going to be already. <laughs> All right. Well, Tierney, with that intro, oh, I'm going what are you first. doing up to lately? <laughs> All right. I wrote some things down. Uh, I watched. Okay, sorry. Um, I had to read my notes. So I, uh, I watched a television show called Annika, which is on BBC, which my mom recommended. It's like a classic detective murder show. It's great. Uh, they're, oh, interesting. They're, the they're, facial expression you gave, I was not expecting. It's great to be following. Oh, I, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like great. it's a template that they all follow, and they're all, yeah. they're usually all good. But she's like in uh, it has a name, but basically for murder or deaths that take place uh at sea um so like in scotland Mm. in the water and stuff there's a lot of like pulling dead bodies out of the water um i watched friday i had never seen Mm. it and i watched it on a friday Um, the the ice cube movie yeah nice i I actually been meaning to see that (laughs) 30 years late I mean, I've still um, never seen it, but I just I yeah, haven't was, either. Not, was not expecting you to be the first one of this group to have watched it. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, watch. cultural references that are in that movie. Um, Bye, but, Felicia. Yeah. And, uh-huh. uh, oh. Yeah, it's good. I know that I one. enjoyed it. Um, also, really fun to watch on a Friday. Uh, and then I watched <laughs> Speed, which is the first time I've seen the whole movie. Um, and as a fun fact, 2001, A Space Odyssey is playing at the theater um, oh. when the subway oh. car bursts onto the street. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, I think Matt might have froze. Um, Motherland, a show that I have touted here on the pod before, just won a BAFTA because it's fucking hilarious, so I just wanted to mention that. Well, and we then, don't care about awards on this podcast, so... <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing on my list is I was recommended uh, I read a fanfic for Harry Potter um, <clears throat> wherein it follows uh, Remus. It's the, Remus is the protagonist, and it's the Marauder, so it's like serious... James and Peter Pettigrew through their Hogwarts years and then beyond. Um, and I have devoured it. It has taken over my life. <laughs> um, uh, but the like principal, so Remus is a werewolf, spoiler alert for um, anyone who hasn't read those books. And, and so this fanfic is basically. Just the two of you. It's the most low-stakes spoiler alert that ever existed. <laughs> and listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Singular listener. Right. And the listener. Uh, but the fanfic, I guess, like, the premise is that Remus and Sirius had a relationship, and it is... Yes! Very good. It's That's so good, you guys. Is, no, this one is so fic. different. It is a yeah. slash fi- fanfic, but... It's a slow burn. It spans 27 years. Wow, um, still calling by your name. Honestly, yeah, it's an epic. <laughs> yeah. And wow. um, it's just it's like so really good, well guys. done. <laughs> it's so good. And um, shoot, what was I going to say? It, oh, it, the length of it. It's like as long as half the full original series. Oh. 
Yeah. What? It's like yeah. long, and people are like eating it up online I've, on TikTok. I'm over halfway, <laughs> and it's been just over a week. <laughs> yeah. How long has this been out for? I think since 2018. like 20. Yeah, exactly. Oh. 20, 2018, 2017, maybe. Yeah. It's like the top rated <clears throat> fanfic as well. Um, it's really good. I was talking to Becca on Monday that it makes a lot of uh, she who shall not be named writing look half-baked um, wow. and like she didn't develop stuff as well as she could have yeah I was gonna say I mean it, it feels fun that we can like read new content in this world and not feel dirty about it <laughs> because, yes. like, <laughs> as much as I would love more actual Harry Potter canon stuff I, every time like I'm just like but eh, after eh. reading no. this after reading this I'm like <clears throat> 90s Harry Potter is my elbow just fell off the table. 90s <laughs> Harry Potter is like Hogwarts in the 90s is like boring as shit. Yeah, compared to the I 70s. agree with that. After reading, I'm I'm also behind. I introduced Tierney to this, and I'm <laughs> behind her. Um, but yeah, I I totally agree. I'm like this is just like so like the way um, like the origin story is behind like different aspects of the original like world it just like makes so much sense it's like it makes you think like the, none of this thought went into um her world building i feel like or maybe it was just like dumbed down for like a children's audience but it's very good and we haven't said the title of it have we said oh the yeah title of it? <laughs> it's called all the young dudes <laughs> like the david bowie song it's awesome <laughs> yeah get it and so serious is a dog and Lupin is a wolf. Mm-hmm. There it so is. So I can only assume it's basically like a dog park where you're like, hey, get off that other dog. But in this time, you're like, hey. Get on that other dog. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is super fun, too, because I, 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 I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod, but I, um, re- I listened to all the audiobooks of the original series. And this is probably the, like within the last year and this was probably the first time i actually like read the books because usually i just like rewatch the movies in probably like five to ten years and there were like so many things that i caught this time that i either forgot or never picked up on before but i remember specifically texting tyranny at one point i was like i think that sirius was like actually in love with james like not like as like a, like not just like oh we're really good friends like I like the way that Sirius talks about James in the actual like original series truly does feel like he like it was not just like a friendship um, and so I do think that it's fun that somebody picked up on that and didn't necessarily go towards James but like at least ran with that. But the way That's they fair. do so ad- they do address that um, dynamic in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if. I haven't gotten there yeah. yet, okay. but I also I'm, I'm, I was kind of waiting for that. I'm like, they're gonna have to talk about this, yeah, yeah, um, because they're also like very close in mm-hmm. the uh, um, in this like prequel series. Yeah, I guess you can call it. Yeah. Oh, my cat just. Attacked. And it also for our listener or you guys, if you want to listen to it, uh, some I assume like 14 year old girl <laughs> has recorded the whole series and they're on youtube so like i've just been listening to them while i do things which is part of what i've been able to like it's it's shocking (laughs) how 
how much it's consumed my life. I'm like, I need to finish this, but at the same time, like, I don't want to take a break from it. I know. So it's really interesting because, so like, Warner Brothers has the rights to Harry Potter, right? And like, they're not making any more Harry Potter movies, and like, the Fantastic Beast series is probably dead. This would be great. But that's series. what I was going to say. Like, they, like that, <clears throat> especially in the world of, like, IP, which everything is right now, and, like, mining any sort of IP for any sort of storyline that you, like, I feel like it would be dumb for Warner Brothers not to do some sort of TV series. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying that they <clears throat> would do this, because that seems like it would be a pretty bold move for a big movie studio to make, but... But, I mean, it's, like, like age-appropriate. So, like, but the I mean, first like, few yeah. years, they're not doing stuff. I, right, yes, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do think that, like, that could be an... Like, I remember reading or listening to a podcast about Harry Potter at some point somewhat recently, and they were saying, like, a Marauders TV show would be, like, a dope way to expand the universe yeah. like if warner brothers has the ip and they want to mine the ip for whatever that like they can that would be a really fun thing to do because it's like a story that we don't know really but we kind of know and their characters we're kind of familiar with um but it seems yeah. like this fanfic is scratching that itch if warner brothers never I'm, pulls the trigger i mean people are like it is so wildly popular that like it reached me <laughs> like I don't read fanfic <laughs> of any kind this is the first one I've ever read and I told other people about like it's like very popular people are like binding their own copies of it like oh shit and like printing it out it is like very popular and I'm kind of like I feel like those are the fans who would want to see the show and they oh, can't yeah. really adapt this version of it because they don't have the rights to it like yeah she she can't prop or he, or he, whoever wrote it, they Ms. can't King like Bean. profit. Miss King yeah, Bean eighty nine can't profit <laughs> off of this um, series because she doesn't have the rights. So that's the. I mean, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about like kind of taking it back. I think yeah. I, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels like taking the story back, kind of, because it's like she can't like she who must not be named can't like. <laughs> claim ownership of it really and nobody can really profit off of it it's like super grassroots it feels like and like very of the fans which and is like, nice it's also really good <laughs> it's so good <laughs> and like that's coming from someone with like a creative writing degree <laughs> yes <laughs> like I mean it's ob- like Beck and I were talking about it's obvious she did, like didn't have an editor um, yeah but like for what is probably like an early draft versus like what eventually is published in most books, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's so impressive, yeah. Right, anyway, I to, would recommend. I might have to check it out. Well, let Very us know. Cool. I haven't read a book since I finished Deathly Hallows four months ago, so <laughs> this feels like this would be a good thing to pick. Perfect to time to dive in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what have you been uh, up to lately? Well,. Let's see. I I just finished season one of Better Call Saul. <sighs> season um, one, my God. It's very good, and I'm excited <laughs> for more. Uh, I watched season two of Russian Doll, uh, which I thought was a very inventive second season that did not repeat what happened in season one, but followed the same conceit that was very fun to watch. Um, 
I saw The Northman. Yeah. Oh, I saw I that I too. I forgot that. about that. <laughs> very cool. Very dope. Very badass and also ridiculous uh, and loud and cool. Um, kind of funny too. Kind of funny, yeah. Uh, what other things have I watched? Oh yeah, uh, this little HBO show that I'm not sure if any if anyone here has watched. Um, but it's like a pirate show called Our Flag Means Death. <laughs> I knew. I was like, what is he going to say? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mean to spoil the surprise, but Colin <laughs> is the one who said we should both watch Our Flag Means Death and not tell Tierney until Tom. So surprise. Surprise. We, I'm surprised. We, we watched it. <laughs> and guess what? It's really fucking good. Isn't and I do it? think it takes like three episodes to like figure out it what does. the trajectory of the show is. But ultimately huh. the Steed Blackbeard friendship is incredible uh, and very fun to watch develop and grow. I did not think it was as funny as I was expecting it to be, but I did think that it was very, like, like, it was very good and very sweet. And, like, by the end of the season, I was, like, very emotionally moved. So, yeah. I we, we did it, Tierney. Congratulations yay. to you. <laughs> I, I've, I, like, uh, filmed a couple clips of things that made me really laugh, and one of them was Steed telling a story to everyone about this like hook man this like <laughs> monster and then he's like and he had a hook for hands and they're like how did how did he kiss people how did people kiss him and he's like nobody's kissing him nobody they're disgusted by him <laughs> like, everyone asking these stupid questions about like who is this person how did he kiss uh, yeah i thought it was very fun and those are like the big things that i've watched uh i can't think if i've watched other stuff really but that's it um, I also watched Our Flag Means Death. Nice. Um, I, so, so I texted Matt and I was like, we should do this in Surprise Tyranny. And then I was planning on like spreading it out over the course of like the week. But then the week got away from me. And so I ended up watching like eight episodes on Sunday. <laughs> And so I I wish that like, I would have got a crim this yeah, in. I was like I, I was like Matt's already done it. I got to do this shit. So I was like, um, yeah. So that was most of my my day on Sunday. Um, I haven't really seen a lot of other stuff. I've been watching Better Call Saul as it's been dropping weekly, and that show is so fucking good. I I, I just I can't deal with how good that show is i wish more people would be watching it specifically matt who i've been trying to get what to watch that show for like five and years I'm watching it. I'm <laughs> up, okay? like i would like everybody to watch that show but primarily matt for those reasons but um i did see the new uh dr strange oh, in the multiverse that. of madness <laughs> like actually dr strange movie uh it's not a very good movie, but there are some sequences that are, like, extremely dope. And I went with my yeah. sister and brother-in-law and another friend. <clears throat> my brother-in-law and I both, like, genuinely love horror movies. And my sister and this other friend we went with really do not like horror movies. And there are several sequences of this new movie that are, like, just straight Sam Raimi horror. And my brother-in-law and I were like, fuck yeah, this rules. And my sister was like, absolutely not. <laughs> so, like, so that was fun. And also my sister is, like, over 30. And I'm just imagining all of, like, the eight-year-olds who are going to this movie because they think it's a Marvel movie and are just going to get absolutely wrecked by some of this shit. And I was like, God bless you, Marvel, for truly destroying some childhoods right now. <laughs> so. 
Um, and then I just recently started rewatching For All Mankind, which I think was a really fun... So I watched the first two seasons. The third season's coming out in a couple weeks. Apple TV Plus released a trailer, and I was like, oh, shit, I want to rewatch before. Um, it actually which ended up being like... So it's the, it's the I... alternate history where the Soviet Union landed on the moon first. And oh, then also okay. the space race never ended. Yes. Okay. I do remember hearing about this. So like light spoilers, but it's in all the marketing materials. So I don't feel too bad. Uh, so the third uh-huh. season, which is coming out in a couple in three ish weeks. Um, the whole premise of the third season is they're like trying to get to Mars. Right. So like we didn't just stop at the moon. We like are continuing on. Um, the first That's season's like, like life though. What? Well, it's I mean now, yeah. Yeah. but it's, it's okay. still, it's like set in, in the past. Oh, like it's, okay. yeah. Um, but anyway, so okay. I started rewatching it because I wanted to rewatch it before this third season started and it ended up being like a really good pairing because the first, first like five ish episodes and like generally throughout the entire run so far, but like primarily in that first chunk, it's like set in a very similar like it's set in the late 60s early 70s and so like the height of the cold cold war and so like having just watched dr strangelove and then watching like those episodes where they're like talking about like oh the soviet union but you know like all that stuff i was like oh that ended up being a lot more fun like of a combo than i thought it was going to be so but yeah i would recommend that show it's super fun the second season finale is like one of the better episodes of TV I've seen in like the streaming era. Like it's, it's a streaming show, but it's like released week to week. And so like, it has some beats of like original, like scripted TV where like, it's not just like one 10 hour movie. Like it's all like throughout the entire second season, they're like laying breadcrumbs and it all comes together in what I found to be a very satisfying way. Um, in the, the second season finale. So I'm very, very jazzed about this third season. So it's on Apple TV plus everybody should watch it. There's only 20 episodes and I think there's like 24 days before the, before the third season. So <laughs> one episode a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, check it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Becca, thanks so much for being with us today. That was uh, my pleasure. Yeah. You truly added so much really great stuff to this conversation. I tr- oh, I was never I never thought that we could go in the direction that we went, but like, as Tierney said, I'm gonna think about my teeth, my choice, <laughs> for at least the next couple of weeks, and I'm just gonna not so silently giggle to myself whenever I think about it. So thank you. Oh my god! Well, thank you for letting me hang out with you guys. It was so much fun. It's like long overdue. Um, yes. Would love to come back anytime. Uh, we'll probably yeah. take you up for that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but with that, uh, I guess, you know, as they say, I'm finished. I'm finished.